Rookie Quentin Johnson has been awesome so far, but on day four of Chargers training camp, he had his first rookie moments. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast. David, what do we got today? Today, we are starting off with the first padded practice of training camp click clack the real football starts today <laughs> and quentin johnston he uh, had his first rookie moments of training training camp so far he's made so many incredible plays we knew this was bound to happen some of the back end corners i mean dean leonard jasir taylor really making plays making a big statement for one of them for the first time on defense and a big emphasis on this training camp so far is tackling tackling and more tackling yeah, I mean, there there can't be enough tackling clips that I see out there of Chargers training camp because it's just like if, if it was up to me, they would just do that for two straight hours. In between but every single drill, tackling. Let's go. Quentin Johnson has been surprising. I mean, even, you know, for his, the most optimistic people could have been about him, I think he's surpassed a lot of that early on in training camp just because, like, there have been highlights coming out from him every day. And I mean, yeah. Monday's practice was no exception to that, but... It was interesting to see a note from Guilty as Charge host Tyler Schoon who said, hey, Quentin Johnson has three drops today. It was before the team period, right? And he had, it was not in drills that were super important. He wasn't going up against anyone. But then it ended up being four drops in total for Quentin Johnson on the day. The last one might have been, you know, conflicted at least or fought for with the defensive back. But still, this was a concern from him coming out of college. That was really the biggest knock on him, right? I think two things were the big knocks, I would say speed i never really questioned too much because you know gps and everything but it was drops and it was also kind of not playing up to his size yeah and so far at training camp through three days it's like we didn't see either of those become a factor and then we saw it a little bit right and it's a ricky moment there's a learning curve as we're going to talk about but this was the first time where it's like okay maybe we've got a little carried away right like this dude is human he's probably not going to go out there and be the best wide receiver in the league you know week one and we're human too, so it's really easy to get intoxicated by all of the great clips and we that still have been are, put out. Right? And, and we're, yeah. we're still plenty intoxicated. And hey, we love it, right? I yeah. mean, it's definitely exciting to see, but let's not sit here and be naive and, and not expect there be, to be some bumps in the road, there to be sure. some rookie moments. It's going to happen. I mean, the speed of this game at this level is a just completely different animal. It's a completely different ball game. The terminology aspects of it are a, a lot more difficult. The game planning is a lot more specific. It just gets much, much more difficult. That, you know, that level just gets ratcheted up to 11. And so, yeah, Quentin Johnston, uh, for however amazing he has been so far, he has definitely dropped down to earth maybe a little bit. Just a little bit. And one of the things that could play a factor into it is adjusting to Justin Herbert's passes. And he did get to the podium after practice and spoke on this specifically and said that's just something you get used to, especially when the ball is right there in your face when you come out of the routes. It's always a good feeling to have that. It's a good thing. It's going to take some time. It's honestly seeing the four drops and, you know, how people have reacted to it. 
makes me kind of appreciate how good he has been over the first three days, right? Like, it would yeah. be very concerning if it was like, hey, day in and day out, we keep seeing these drops in big moments, right? And he's not making big plays. He's not making his you know presence known and it couldn't be further from that right like we've seen him yeah. make a ton of plays high point in the football and yeah. you know sideline toe tap catches with crazy body control like we've seen him kind of play up to his size so yeah. far at training camp which is something he didn't do as much in college and I think that as far as the drops go obviously it's concerning because that was a problem for him but like It'll be a problem when it's a problem. And, I mean, if you're seeing the catches that he is making, it doesn't seem hard to believe that that is something that can continue to kind of progress and not be as big of an issue as it was for him at the collegiate level, especially, you know, with a, a much better quarterback throwing him the ball now. But it was interesting to see Brandon Staley talk about Quentin Johnson because he obviously doesn't want to put too much, you know, too many expectations on the rookie and he's kind of telling him hey pump the brakes we still have you know three very very good wide receivers in front of this guy yeah i mean it was basically just talking about quentin johnson's develop development and he think uh, and he said i think that you guys are a witness to it he cares a lot about his game he works really hard he can make big plays he's still a work in progress in terms of learning on what to do and how to do it and, and that he can do it like i told you guys he doesn't have the pressure on him right away to go out there and have to do everything he can learn from these guys who are all featured receivers in this league josh palmer had 70 plus catches last year and was our number one wide receiver so i think it's just you know brandon staley saying hey guys like let's you know remind you you know we have a great wide receiver core we have a lot of weapons that we're gonna you know want to utilize quentin johnson does not have to come in here and be the number one guy and be expected to perform and go out there and have an explosion of a season right away that's not the that's not the situation he's in he's got other guys that can carry that load and hopefully he doesn't have to come in here and be that number one guy, but he can come in, learn, make plays, and you know make some mistakes and, and hit some bumps in the road and get better along the way. And the crazy thing is, like today, there was a big focus, according to uh, Dana Popper, Eric Smith, you know, people writing about the team on red zone, right? And a lot yeah. of it had to do with the red zone. Everything was condensed. There was going to be a lot of kind of big plays happening. And even in a day, we're talking about him having his rookie mistakes. He still had an insane, you know, mossing of Jasir Taylor in the end zone. He went up and got it and really used his size there. So it's nice to see those things as well. Yeah. Even in, you know, what may be his worst day out of four days, he's still out there making kind of highlight plays. And the one thing that Brandon Staley did say about him as far as, you know, right now goes, he said he can learn how to play receiver and we can find a role for him where he's impactful. He's doing a good job on special teams too. So this is, to me, what he's kind of saying there. Hey, he still unpolished right he still yeah. has a way to go we're going to refine him the team's not expecting him to be a wide receiver one but at the same time his skill set is so kind of undeniable that even yeah. as he's learning as he's catching up as far as you know getting experience and just being able to go up and do it against the guys at this level there's still ways we're going to get him on the field because how could you not well it kind of reminds me of what derwin james said in his rookie season he said I didn't even really know what was going on in my rookie season. I really yeah. just let my athletic ability just take over. Sure. And that turned into an all-pro season. I'm not saying <laughs> right, that right. Quentin Johnson's going to come in here and step no, in into an, an all-pro season. It's just that you know Quentin Johnson has such incredible uh, electric, electric athletic ability that despite the learning curve, he is still going to make plays. And that's, that is going to happen. But that doesn't mean he has it all figured out quite yet. No, and I, unless there's a big injury, right? Like there's 
only going to be so many targets and things for him. But there's exactly. also, at the same time, things he can do that you just don't have any other receivers that can really do it the same way. I mean, like, as much as I like the top three guys, and, you know, Brandon Staley is saying, hey, Josh Palmer led us to the playoffs last year as wide receiver one, and for stretch of the season he did, you're not handing Josh Palmer jet sweeps. You know, Josh Palmer is no. not a wide receiver screen receiver. Like, no, there's just certain things that Quentin Johnston is just so obviously the best tool, the best weapon to try to run certain kinds of plays, especially if you're talking about yards after the catch situations. Yeah. That is where he's going to thrive, especially early on. That's where he can come in and make an immediate impact, being able to become a refined route runner, to be, you know, consistent over the top deep threat and being able to get off of the line of scrimmage and find those releases at this level. All that stuff's going to take with time. But if yeah. you can scheme up the plays to get him on the run, to get him in space, he's going to make an immediate impact. It just might not be to the tune of, you know, 1,200 yards or one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. doesn't mean he's not going to be hugely beneficial to the Chargers offense. But one of the guys that was locking him down on Monday at the Chargers' first pad of practice was, you guessed it, Dean Leonard. But seventh round pick in 2022, making his first statement of camp, and also Jasir Taylor kind of taking a swing back at Asante Samuel Jr. after his big play. He comes up with a or big day. He came up with a series of big plays on Monday's practice that said, hey, I'm here. This is kind of my statement day. So we're going to talk about those guys having their big biggest days so far and also just kind of what that means for the Chargers at the cornerback position. Some young guys developing this is how you build good teams, and this is how you build sustaining teams. Get young guys, late draft picks, do come in and contribute. We're going to get into those guys coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to be a fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen options at the position have been taken off the lot, expect Lions rookie Jameer Gibbs to be a roaring engine as he takes the lead role in an overhaul backfield. The real first-round pick is a steal as an RB2, possessing the talent and pedigree to deliver big, immediate results in a loaded offense. That's a game that terrifies me for the Chargers, and I'd love to have him on my fantasy team for that week. But Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they will make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Chargers country, let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, David. Well, we talked about the wide receiver in Quentin Johnston, but we didn't talk about the young defensive backs who were actually the story on Monday's practice, according to Daniel Popper from The Athletic, who you should absolutely go subscribe to if you haven't already. Eric Smith brought these guys up as well. 
But it was Dean Leonard, David. Dean freaking Leonard who ended up having five pass breakups and on the first padded day of practice. I mean, that is pretty impressive in something I didn't see coming. Not at all. I mean, my goodness. To, to, I mean, in any kind of situation, in any kind of practice, to go out there and be able to dominate like that. I mean, that's that is what number. that is. That's dominant. Yeah. I mean, in, in the red zone situations, yeah, you're going to have a lot of those opportunities. But, I mean, you, you can make a play without getting your hands on the football. Getting your hands on the football five different times, that is definitely something to be very, very excited about if we're talking about a seventh-round corner by the name of Dean Leonard. Yeah, a guy that last year was a special teams guy and came in exactly. and contributed for them right away, and that was really awesome to see. But this is according to Dan, uh, Daniel Popper, who said he had two breakups in the end zone against Donald Parham, who we should remind everyone is 6'8". Six, and six Dean foot Leonard eight. is yeah. yeah good at like six foot. You know, that's good size for a corner. There's levels to it. So for him to be able to kind of man up with him in the end zone, pretty nice to see. He had one each in the end zone against Terrell Bynum and Pokey Wilson. And he also had this impressive rep against Quentin Johnson. This is how Daniel Popper put it. On an underthrown ball from Max Duggan, Johnston adjusted and got to the ball first, but Leonard was in good position and knocked the ball free as Johnston tried to control the catch. So this is great. I mean, this is great news to see from someone who we haven't really put in the mix as far as the cornerback position goes because with J.C. Jackson back in the fold, it's going to be you know a really, really deep room potentially, a very, very competitive room for that starting spot between Jasir Taylor, who also had a good day on Monday, and Asante Samuel Jr., who had a great day on Saturday. But looking kind of at the macro part of this, David, I mean, Brandon Staley talked about what this guy is and kind of how they're developing him. But, like, if you can get something out of this seventh-round pick, if this is a dude, you know, with Michael Davis in a contract year this year, with kind of the uncertainty of what J.C. Jackson is going to look like, like building these guys and building that reserve for this team is something that's going to pay off not maybe not this year, but down the road for sure. I mean, the way I see it, Daniel, I mean, you got a guy that you drafted in the seventh round that has already made an impact on your football team as far as what he has done on special teams. So that's already a win in my sure. mind. You know, you already got production out of a pick that is basically a throwaway. I mean, it's a it's definitely a throw throw at the dartboard and and see see what happens and see where it lands. And so far, he's already been productive. So for Dean Leonard to be able to go out there and make plays and to be able to maybe turn those plays and stack those days and then be able to be relied upon in a pinch when the, when the Chargers need somebody to, to go out there and play. I mean, that is just so invaluable. Like this is where the depth of these football teams are developed. This is how you separate yourselves between being a good team and a great team as being able to hit on your later round draft picks and getting guys that can contribute at any point in the draft. And if you got, got that in Dean Leonard at a premium position like corner, man, you're definitely doing something right. And I think especially because the Chargers kind of swung for the fences with that pick as far as going for traits over going for exactly. college production, right? Like yeah. with Max Duggan, it's like, okay, well, like he had a very, very good season. That got him picked in the seventh round for sure, but it's not like he's the most traitsy quarterback out there. Nah. It's like with Dean Leonard, you take someone with extremely limited college production, extremely very. limited time playing, you know, American football. I mean, he went yeah. to Regina University in Canada, right? Yeah. His first couple of years in college before transferring to Ole Miss. Like, this is a dude who has very, very little experience playing this kind of football at all, let alone playing it at the highest level. But they went for a guy who's over six feet. They went for a guy who ran a 4-3-40. And they knew it was going to be a project, right? But, like, the difference is between the Chargers of now and the Chargers of old, 
Trey Pipkins was a project and had to get on the field his first season. Yeah, the season, ability right? to so develop. Like, totally. And and Trey Pipkins did develop, right? But like for this team to get someone where it's like, okay, you're seeing those traits maybe turn into something and you're seeing the ability for this coaching staff to develop these guys, especially Derek Ansley and the guys in the secondary, that's huge for this team. And that's how you get yourself in situations where you have guys with huge tr- contracts coming up, but you still feel good about the guys that you have on the roster, potentially grooming them and taking over eventually. That's how the good teams do it, right? Getting rid yep. of guys that a year before instead of a year too late or just putting yourself in a position where you have to pay somebody top dollar because you have guys, you know, that you feel good about behind them. But yeah. speaking of which, Desir Taylor has his statement day after Asante Samuel Jr. has the pick six, almost gets another interception on Saturday. Desir Taylor comes back and on three money downs, or have to have it downs, as Daniel Popper put it, he came through. So basically what the Chargers were doing is they were going red zone and they were going third and goal situations where you either get it or you're kicking a field goal. Three straight times, Justin Herbert targeted Jasir Taylor, according to Daniel Popper. Three straight times, Jasir Taylor came away with the win. Yeah, I mean, and those are the type of reps that's going to breed confidence for Jasir Taylor. I mean, that's that's what you want. I mean, in in those in those situations to where you got to make a play or you're giving up a touchdown. I mean, that's what you try to simulate in practice. You try to simulate all of these situations that you are inevitably going to be put into on offense and defense. And you want to see how your guys respond. So Jasir Taylor was put into a high-pressure situation, and he responded at a very, very high level. That's what you want. And hopefully for him, this inspires some confidence, and he's able to stack some good days together. And we talked about it on the last show. Like, this was a battle that we had to see the pads come on first. Absolutely. And to Asante Samuel Jr.'s credit, he got an interception. It was versus Max Duggan, so it's obviously going to take a little bit away from it. Yeah. even with Jasir Taylor, even with Dean Leonard, like both these guys got beat at practice too. It was a ton of, of reps course. they got, but to come away with the production that they did, especially in the big moments, the big simulated moments, definitely carries a little extra water, right? It carries a yeah. little extra weight, I should say. But I think the thing that's really, really impressive is just the fact that you have all these guys that you're talking about, and you're talking about corners three, four, and five on your roster. So to have the depth at this position going into the season is going to be huge. And these guys aren't perfect, and these battles aren't nearly close to over. Asante no. Samuel Jr. is going to have more good days, I'm sure, and, I mean, has become a turnover machine. But I think it was also symbolic of the Chargers working on defense in the red zone somewhere where they really struggled in 2022, and offense in the red zone, consistently being able to get in the red zone and turn that into a touchdown was something the Chargers were very average at, which, when you have yeah. Justin Herbert, just is not way enough. less than good enough, right? So. Yeah. That was good to see those guys coming through a lot of reps for these guys, one-on-ones with receivers and cornerbacks. Wish I was out there, but I will be back out there for the scrimmage on Sunday. But we still have to get to one more segment, including the Chargers, focusing on what we want them to focus on. Tackling, 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 tackling. So we're going to talk about the Chargers trying to help their tackling, trying to get better in run defense and what Brandon Staley had to say about all of that. And also some one-on-ones with the defense and offensive line coming up right after this. So, David, one of the things that we had to kind of bring up was the Chargers tackling, right? Because it was even the first day I went out there, the Chargers were out there doing tackling drills and doing kind of fundamentals of tackling, but there was no pads on, right? And that's something we've talked about every day, but the everydayers already know that and the everydayers also know that we'll be back with you guys after each of these Chargers training camp practices, bringing you the biggest highlights coming out of them. And also we will or at least I will be at training camp to actually be in person Sunday. We'll do a live show Sunday night after the Chargers scrimmage. 
We'll also, you know, talk about all the days I get to get out there too. But lots of good stuff coming out. And I mean, tons of battles getting into really starting to get going right now for the Chargers and training camp. But tackling, David, I mean, like I said before, if it was up to me, if the Chargers went out there and said, hey, this is the day we're devoting to tackling, we're doing nothing else, it would be good with me because that just kind of represents how bad the Chargers were at tackling in 2022. Yeah, 100%, Daniel. I mean, it was really, really bad. A huge problem that led to a lot of explosive plays that they gave up. And it seems to me to be a big point of emphasis so far in this training camp. I mean, Brandon Staley and his staff is talking about it all the time. This is what Brandon Staley had to say. He said it's the number one fundamental for defense. What it leads to is, is if you're a quality tackling team, you're going to limit all of the big plays, the explosions. The way the NFL calendar is now, you don't get pads in the springtime, so you don't get to practice it nearly enough as you need to get good at it. What we want to do is make sure what we do is just put a big emphasis on it in camp to tackle as much as we can, not to live to the, not live to the ground, but where we have as much contact as possible. Explosive plays. We gave up far too many last season and tackling was a big part of it. So I just love the fact that he's identifying that it was a huge problem and that they are constantly trying to work on it. They're trying to talk about it. They're trying to put it in everybody's consciousness all the time. And I think one of the things that's great that Brian Baldinger uh, said when he was on our show is like, if you want there to be a difference, if you want there to be a change, you have to be maniacal about that change. You have to you have to be obsessive about that change. And I think this is what that sounds like a little bit to me. Yeah. And he said that on our show. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, I remember when we were talking to it's just like, is it more coaching? Is it more just the players? And it's a lot of both. And there's certain guys that we still have to, you know, kind of hear from like JT Woods, not much coming out from him today. Sure. And we're definitely yeah. looking forward to seeing him in pads because yeah, that's we're watching be such that. a big factor for sure yeah. this season. Right. But I also want to talk about what Morgan Fox had to say about it a few days ago to Eric Smith, the Chargers team writer, when he said, we know we've got to be better in the run game. And that's a huge emphasis for us. We're not taking anything for granted. And a huge focus for us is looking at those run stats from last year and making sure we do something to improve them. And there is only so much you can do in practice. You don't want to hurt your own guys. But another thing that Brandon Steele said is like, hey, it's thud tempo, which means you wrap up and then you stop. You don't take someone to the ground. Sure. But when someone has a chance to put a body on somebody, go put a body on somebody. Go do and it, yeah. And I if you, like, if you right. watch the mic'd up from Brandon Staley at, at practice, even before the pads were on, like, He's screaming at dudes, run through them, you know, like run through them. He has a pad in front of him. He'll be fine. Go hit somebody. Right. right? And that's basically what he's saying out there. And he just, it's nice to see them. I I don't remember it being this much of a focus. I remember it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There were drills and things like that. It's not like they didn't work on it, but it's leading practice this year. You know, the pursuit angles, the tackling, like all of that stuff. You can tell there's much more of an emphasis on it this year. Shouldn't have probably taken so long. But still, here we are, right? I mean, it, it had to well, be improved. We'll take it now, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff you're not going to know until they get in real games. But building the habits now makes a big difference. Yes. Like, it, even though you're not taking guys to the ground, if you're, you know, going through with actually hitting them at full force and then pulling up, like, that is something you you, you can't get until the pads are on. And, like, this is the closest thing you're going to get. And all the, not all these guys are going to play in the preseason. That's just the no. fact of it, right? Yeah. But one of the best training camp battles last year, David, not really vying for, you know, starting snaps or starting roles or anything like that. Just as far as one-on-one dudes going at it. Just you know, going at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Godzilla versus King Kong type of stuff. Yes. It was Rashawn Slater versus Khalil Mack. And it sounds like according to Khalil or to Rashawn or to 
According to Khalil Mack, Rashawn Slater is already looking like himself again. He said for him to be so young, he's savvy. He's already like a savvy veteran after they were going up against each other on one-on-ones for the first time this season. He does a lot of different things and switches up his game. It's one of those things where you're kind of playing chess with him throughout the whole practice. He's going to give you some stuff here, but he might take it away here and there as well. It's one of those things where you can tell that he's one of the best guys in the league already. Glowing praise from an all-pro himself, and it's just great to know that, hey, these two dudes are going back at it again. And I know a lot of people say iron sharpens iron, but when I think of things like that, this is kind of the matchup I think of. Yeah, I mean, in this situation, it's kind of like, you know, a diamond sharpening diamond. I mean, we're talking about two all pros here, right? I mean, I think it's we got to go something a, a little bit more than iron here. I mean, two, you know, premium all pro, you know, best in the league at their type of position type of players going at it. Like, there's nothing that you can do but get better. Like, I mean, yeah. when you guys, when you're going up against someone that's at the top of their craft, I mean, you're, you're going to learn things when you go, you know, even with Rashawn Slater being so young, he's so technically sound. He is so strong. He is so good at what he does that even now, I mean, Khalil Mack, I mean, you're going to be hard pressed for Khalil Mack to be going up against very many better left tackles yeah. this season, at, you know, just at any point than Rashawn Slater. So this is the type of good work that you want. And it's also like, you know, Rashawn Slater, I know you haven't seen like live football action, but here's Cleo Mack on a play, right? Go go handle <laughs> yeah. this. Here you after, go. <laughs> after not seeing any live Have reps fun. in, you know, ten or you know, seven months or something like yeah. that. Like and of course this is how Eric Smith, um, you know, the Chargers team writer said it went. Slater and Mack were even on their first rep, we'll say a tie, before the left tackle got the better of the battle in round two. So one tie, one win for Rashawn Slater. And then it says Slater then forged a draw against Joey Boza before the edge rusher won their second rep together. So seems like the only person that beat Rashawn Slater out of the four times he was tested today was Joey Bosa. Joey, yeah. Hard to really be mad at that because he was the <laughs> dude who won the highest percentage of his one-on-one matchups in 2022, even in the limited games that he was able to play. So yeah. last little thing touch on touching on here is on Saturday, Trey Pipkins did leave the Chargers practice with an injury, which obviously we love the Chargers starting five. The guys behind them, it's a lot more perilous. It's all, you know, yeah. a very, very much a big question mark as far as how those guys are going to come and play. Not a lot of experience behind the five guys who all got valuable experience last year. At the same time, David, I mean, I guess if you're looking for positives here, more reps for Foster Serrell. And then also Brandon Steele, said, hey, no significant update on Trey Pipkins. He'll be back in practice here shortly. So. Great news, but also, you know, makes you kind of your life flash before your eyes or Justin Herbert's life flash before your eyes because, you know, there's some question marks behind the main guys. Yeah, I mean, you never, ever want to hear or see about any type of injuries from anyone on your starting offensive line. I mean, it's just not what you want. But the fact that there's not a lot of information out there, they're saying it's an undisclosed injury, and it seems like the way that Brandon Staley is talking about it is that it's not something that they're very concerned about, and that, you know, like he said, they expect to have him back in practice very, very soon, and that is a good thing. You know, right now, you just you don't want any type of injuries. You don't want anything slowing things down. You still got installs that you're working on with the offense. Right. You don't want any of your main guys to be out. Main, all, all your main, you know, supporting actors. You want them to be ready to go and ready to perform in this movie for the 2023 season. David, just going into Staleyisms at the end of the show, running on fumes <laughs> here, folks. Now, I mean, I think it, as far as Trey Pipkins goes, I mean, if you're looking for something, you know, for him to prove in 2023, the really only big thing that held him back in 2022 was an injury, right? So, yeah. 
it's going to be big for him to stay on the field, not just for his own purposes, but also for building the chemistry between those five guys. This was kind of yeah. the first day we were going to get a look at what those five guys can do together in the running game, and we didn't get to see it. So I think it is important for him to be out there, and it also just makes me a little cautious just because Brandon Staley, for you know as many things as he does right and many things as people don't like him for, I'd say one of the things in the latter category of that is pretty vague about injuries at times, especially when he doesn't need to let you any know anymore, he's not going to, right? So That's come back sure. soon. Hopefully that means within the next couple of days. I yeah, know yeah he's day he to day. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll see when he gets back out there. But obviously just kind of shines a light on, okay, hey, hopefully these guys behind Trey Pipkins are doing well because, I mean, there's yeah. a good chance they're going to need those guys at some point this season. So it'll be interesting to see how these one-on-ones play out. I know when I go out there, I'm definitely going to be looking at the trenches, David, to, to see what the big dudes are doing, you know, and getting those one-on-ones and trying to take in as much of that. Yeah. As Definitely. possible, but we will be back with you guys tomorrow to break down the next Chargers training camp. Chargers training camp day five. I'll also be out on the scrimmage on Sunday. Super excited for that and the live show we'll be doing after that. But that's going to wrap it up for today. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, make sure you are following us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us, you know, anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us by subscribing or following on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. And you can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotakisD and the show's page at LockedOnLAC. Might be getting some fan stuff later on this week, so make sure you guys are hitting up all the social media. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.